Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Week four, off-day podcast, uh, breaking down the Patriots' 16-10 to win over the Bills in Buffalo. Andy, what were your biggest takeaways from the game? I guess I wrote a column, said they didn't deserve to win. Getting a lot of crap for it on Twitter. What did you think? I think I'm enjoying you getting a lot of crap for your column on Twitter, first of all. Uh, yeah, you have upset the uh, Patriot Nation peeps, including... WEEI's own Fitzy, who's a bit of a fraud because I did something with him in the fourth quarter and he thought for sure the Patriots were going to lose this football game, that it felt like it was going to be a loss. In the end, they pull it out and I give them credit for that because I've been big over the years and I'm not talking about just football. I think championship teams in all sports find a way to win when they don't play their best, when they're on the road and you know maybe they turn things over in football or just make a lot of mistakes or deal with injuries, whatever it may be in any sport. When you're a really good team, you find a way to win. And in a league where the undefeated teams are dropping like flies and even winning record teams are dropping like flies, Patriots are 4-0 in their first place in the AFC East. Well, I just saw Fitzy's tweet. and I'm like Fitzy. I was actually in the locker room after the game. Players who actually sounded like they just lost the game, like just when Tom Brady goes to the podium and acts the way that he did, and John Harmon says what he says about the defense needing to be better and all that, I just didn't get the vibe in there that the Patriots felt like they they won the game. Like when you put up – I broke down the numbers. They're they're Brady's quarterback rating – the number of yards they had, total yards. This borderline the game last year in Detroit, honestly, when they got blown out on Sunday Night Football, the only difference was the defense is so much better this year than it was last year, and that's ultimately why they won this game, and that's what the point of the column was, that this team is just so much better than it was last year because this defense can win games for them, and that's something that the Patriots haven't had in the last, I don't know, 10 years maybe? They also won this game because Josh Allen stinks. That's the part of it, yes. Be honest with that. I mean, when you get um, four interceptions, should have been five, you get a blocked punt for a touchdown. With this defense, this Patriots team, feel like you should roll to victory, and you eked out a victory in part because Josh Allen, who, as bad as he was, had a great drive to to start the uh, second half, 
uh, was knocked out of the game on the somewhat now, I guess, controversial Jonathan Jones hit um, concussion protocol. What's that? There shouldn't be much controversy there. Um, no, I don't think there should be controversy. I think what it's becoming, and, and I listened to Christian Fourier post game on the uh, fifth quarter show on WBZ, and um, you know he's asking, you know, what what can Jonathan Jones do? I don't know. Don't hit him in the head. Go lower. Um, do I think it's the dirtiest play in the history of football? No, it wasn't even the dirtiest play of the day. That went to Vontez Perfect in the uh, Raiders Colts game. But in the modern day NFL football, whether it's NFL or college and, and the way they're taking the head out of the game and these big head hits, that's a penalty and probably doesn't deserve to be kicked out of the game, probably doesn't deserve a suspension, probably will get a fine. For sure. Uh, and I think that's what it deserves. I mean, it, it is not in modern football. That's just not a clean, smart play. It's it's what they're trying to legislate out of the game. Um but I also don't want to make a bigger deal of it than it was. I thought Sean McDermott went a little bit overboard. Well, Sean McDermott lost the game before it even started when he was yelling at Steve Belichick and the other Patriots staffer for watching the end of warmups. Like, what is he doing? Well, Sean McDermott, not a very good game day coach. It's no. interesting because I think he's putting together a pretty good defense. I think he's putting together a pretty good team sans quarterback because I don't think that's the answer at the quarterback position. But – even going back to last year, he has terrible challenges. He takes timeouts on punt returns. You know, the Bills could have used those timeouts later in the second half, and they played the end of that game with no timeouts. And that was a factor in the game when you're in a, a one-score game and have an opportunity. Um, you know, I, I don't think Sean McDermott is a great game day coach. I don't think it's a big deal that he yelled at Brian Belichick to get off the field. I kind of like it. Um, I kind of well, like it. goes into these teams, they're intimidated by the Patriots. Like, they, they have paranoia. Is it paranoia or is he just sort of exerting his own, I don't know what you want to call it, home field power? Know, like everybody in the stadium can see warm-ups. Like I'm sure there are Patriots people in the box already that can, you know. And we don't know what transpired, right? We saw a video. Right. We have no idea if Brian Belichick said something that ignited Sean McDermott. I have no idea. I just have no problem with home teams sort of um, claiming their own home turf. And I think especially if you want to be a, physical defensive-led team like the Bills want to be, maybe that's part of it. But I, I don't think that cost them the game. I think what cost them the game is Josh Allen taking bad sacks, Josh Allen making bad decisions, Josh Allen missing wide-open receivers, missing wide-open throws, Josh Allen turning the ball over. And for those reasons, the Patriots were able to pull out a win. Now, I will say the Patriots' defense, certainly the pass defense, was pretty good. They continue to make plays. They continue to put pressure on. They continue to force fumbles. They weren't lucky enough to recover them. They continue to get their hands on on the football in the back end. J.C. Jackson has a career day with a couple interceptions, a blocked punt. Matt Slater gets a touchdown, which seemingly was very emotional for him. He had sort of given up on the hope, I guess, that he was ever going to have an NFL touchdown. So they made plays, and in that way, they earned the victory, but they also needed some help from the Bills to pull it out. Yes, and that's sort of my point with the column is on. I'm looking. I'm pointing to the offense. That was not a very good performance. And yes, the Bills' defense is one of the best in the league, but not to the degree that you know forced Tom Brady, who really yes, some guys were banged up, but he had Julian Edelman. He had Josh Gordon. Did he have Julian Edelman? Yes, he did. He was on the field. I know he was on the field, but he didn't have Julian Edelman. He had. The decoy or he finished with seven targets, three catches for 46 yards. They clearly didn't want to throw him the football. Can we agree on that? 
No, his first catch came early in the second quarter when I think that they realized that we kind of need Edelman to get moving on offense. So he so, was sort of a decoy. So let's get back to our argument from a week ago. Okay. Josh Gordon. Yep. They what, need does more. what does he bring to the table? He brings to the table the ability to make plays, but I think when he gets challenged by top cornerbacks is when he runs into trouble. So Three weeks in a row he has been utterly inefficient in the passing game. Yes. The last okay. week you said That's it was inefficient. What was it this week? This week he just didn't make any plays. He, he, A, he has no explosion. He doesn't look explosive to me at all. In and out of breaks, getting open. He doesn't appear to be an explosive threat, and I think corners are taking full advantage of that. You know, I, I go back to – I asked Deron Harmon about Josh Gordon on Dale and Keefe in August sometime, and he was just raving about, you know, the skills he has and the routes and the things that can't be covered at times and all this. And I just don't see that. I haven't seen that over the last three weeks. I see a guy who's a complementary weapon. Much like in Philip Dorsett, I see a guy who's a complimentary weapon who unfortunately looked like the Philip Dorsett of September 2018 rather than the September of 2019 Dorsett who's been making some plays. He did not have a good game today. And without Edelman at full health or whatever, the willingness to throw to him as often as you probably would normally like to, when he when Tom Brady turned to Philip Dorsett and Josh Gordon, it, he just didn't get anything out of it. He threw to them a ton and there wasn't much production. Therefore... The only guy that made any plays in the passing game was James White because they don't have any tight ends and they don't really have any other receivers to turn to. Jacoby Myers got out there, was sort of involved in one of the uglier plays of the game for the Patriots, the the goal line interception for Brady where he, you know, Myers. That was in the tent the game looked at. Yeah, I know. So I, I just, they have limited weapons right now and I'm sorry, but I don't see Ben Watson as this um, guy riding in on a, on a white horse to Whoa. save the day. I think it all starts up, up front with the offensive line. They can't block. They can't get anything going on the ground. And I think that's where everything starts is they're putting themselves into holes on first down and forcing themselves into these throws where if you're the Bills, you can sit back and defend the outside and shut down Josh Gordon and Phil Thorsett. Whereas if Tony Michelle is running the ball with some consistency, you could develop play action and all that, and they just can't do that. So I think ultimately the offensive struggles – start with the offensive line in the running game, not be able to get in any sort of flow and rhythm, which we've seen in the past, them doing great. And the funny thing is today, Tom Brady was sacked how many times? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. I can look at zero. I'm going to go with 0.0, and I completely agree with you. I wrote uh, in one of the blogs I did, I thought he was literally and figuratively under pressure all day. I thought he would felt the pressure physically from the Bills, and then that just, as it does with him sometimes, sort of got compounded. And how many times did we see him just throwing the ball into the turf because he had pressure coming and he just wanted to get rid of it? And yeah, I think On one of them, he missed a wide-open Josh Gordon, which could have been the close to a touchdown, but instead he just threw it in the ground because I think he saw what was coming instead of standing in the pocket and maybe taking a hit. I think you're right. He was under pressure all game and sort of he had those things going in his head where sometimes he had more time than he thought just because of the whole game. I'm going to give you my uh, catchphrase of late. Dirty little secret. When Tom Brady gets pressured, he then anticipates more pressure than is even there. And I thought that happened at times today. Uh, You're right. The offensive line has not been good. Um, There were flashes of a ground game, I'd say, today. I would agree. Um, But overall, not good enough for what this team is right now. Not good enough even to 
you know, if you want to be one of those cliche teams that just plays defense and runs the ball, they're not good enough running the football right now to do that. I did think it was interesting in the second half at times, we did see Jakob Johnson coming in and getting back to some of those I formation runs that they've been so good with, with James Devlin the last couple of years. Um, so maybe as they get more comfortable with Johnson as their primary fullback for the time being, maybe there'll be more of those. Maybe they'll get into a little bit of a I formation groove there. But uh, offensively, I would ask a question that I, I, I like to ask of teams when you're wondering why they're struggling. What do the Patriots do well right now? Not a whole lot. Nope. Just, look at, just look at the numbers. Overall, finished with 224 net yards, which were the fewest since the 2009 yard performance last year against the Lions. But for more perspective, it was just the fourth time since 2010 that the offense finished with 200, with less than 225 net yards. That's terrible. Well, then I would get into the Bills are a pretty good defense. Okay, but, but 225 net yards is terrible when you have Tom Brady as your quarterback. The problem is they don't have anything that they can lean on. They don't have, you know, the... Well, I think you could lean on Julian Edelman when he's healthy, but today... But he's not healthy, so it doesn't matter. For a week and a half, he hasn't been healthy. It's All right, yeah, healthy. they do well. They do well feeding Julian Edelman. Right. And by the way, that's a tough way to live. If you're just going to feed your slot receiver to carry your offense, that's a tough well, way to live. They have no diversity in the passing game right now. They, you know, Philip Dorsett regressed to kind of throw it to him, and he falls down for four or five yards when he did catch the ball, which is... Probably. Yeah, okay. Let's get, I think that's what we both agree that that's sort of where it needs the offense needs to change. You need to get something from more than Julian Edelman. You need something out of Josh Gordon and Philip Dorsett. Do you see the potential to be there from Josh Gordon or Philip Dorsett? Um, I mean, I guess we've seen flashes of it. I just, I to be a good passing attack, and it's sort of what I criticize these young quarterbacks for. You have to do it consistently. You have to have some consistency to your game. And I haven't seen any consistency out of Gordon at all this year. And Dorsett, I, I saw today more the Dorsett that I expect. Right. The guy that I don't think is really capable of stepping up against good defenses or good corners and making enough plays for this offense. And it's so funny because, you know, two and a half weeks ago or three weeks ago, we were having the conversations of, oh, this offense can be so good, and can they go undefeated, Antonio Brown, and everybody falls into their place as the second and third and fourth receiver. Well, that is a distant, distant nightmare, I guess, of a memory. And the reality is the offensive line is not great, the running game is not good, and the passing game is pedestrian at best right now. I guess the, it's worth bringing up Josh Gordon. Didn't speak with the media on Friday. Said that he'd talk on Sunday, see you all on Sunday. And then after the game today, he wasn't in talk at all there. Uh, I don't know what to make of it. A lot of people are jumping with you know the subject on Twitter over the weekend. But maybe that's just the state of you know him. It's sort of one week. He's Last week we were talking about you know, it was one of Josh Gordon's best games as a Patriot, how tough he was, how well he spoke at the podium after the game. And now a week later, he hasn't talked to the media since, and he had maybe one of his worst games of his Patriots career on Sunday. Are we surprised? I mean, Josh Gordon for the entirety of his NFL career has been someone you can't really rely on for any consistency on or off the football field. And that's not meant to be a shot. That's not meant to be critical. It's just the reality of the situation. And, you know, I actually brought it up um, on, on something I did earlier. You know, we've had this discussion sort of off air and I've now pondering it more and more. 
Josh Gordon has dealt with a lot off the field, and he has openly talked about how this year he's addressed it more than ever. And I am seriously wondering, like, how he's addressing it off the field for his human life and for the betterment of his life. Is that in some way having adverse effects on his football playing? And I don't know whether that could be medications or therapies or um, yoga and being overly relaxed. I mean, I don't even know what he's doing to treat himself, but um, I just don't see an explosive competitor on the football field right now. I just don't. What do you mean explosive competitor? Like you're talking is competitiveness overall? Uh, to me, he seems like he's either out of shape and gassed at times, but lacking explosion out of breaks, lacking explosive – I see nothing. I like I, for a guy who is a freak athlete and uncoverable when he's at his best. In theory, I, I don't. I don't see that at all. He's also a lot older than he was when he had that great year in what 2013. Like everybody told me, he was great last year. I, again, you're projecting these things on me. I did not think he was great last year. I think that he's a solid number two, number three receiver that you have right now. When he returned to the Patriots from suspension. Uh, everybody was writing how they had one of the deeper groups of weapons that Brady's had, one of the better groups of wide receivers in the NFL, and those people are seeing what they have right now. And I, I don't know about you, but I'm not impressed. Okay. I, I, That's, sarcasm. That's Brady-esque sarcasm right there. What? You're not, huh? You're not impressed? No. But I guess what do you think he needs to be? Does he need to be a guy that can catch – you know, seven passes for 120 yards? Or is he a guy that's going to catch, you know, four or five passes for 60? Like, for, for the Patriots offense to succeed, how much do you think that – what do you expect out of Josh Ward? He needs to be closer to the guy who's going to catch seven for a buck 20. But that's not realistic. That's not him. Then this passing game is not going to be that good. Because you don't see Benjamin Watson coming along and helping out. You don't see the running game getting going again with Sony Michelle. Well, I'm just talking about the passing game. Who's the focal point of the passing well, game? Well, I'm saying that you can, if you establish the run, that in turn will open the passing game. It's, we've seen it in the past. So they're going to have to be a run first team like they were a year ago. Yes. Except their offensive line is not nearly as good as it was a year ago. At the moment, I think when you get Isaiah Wynn back and you have some of these guys develop. We don't know that Isaiah Wynn is as good as Trent Brown as a run blocker or a pass blocker. We don't know what Isaiah Wynn is. From what I've seen in the first in the first month, Ted Harris is not as good as David Andrews. That's for sure. And David I think we've also seen not it. coming we've, back. We've seen Shaq Mason take a step back as well. Shaq Mason has not been as good as Shaq Mason. Joe Tooney battling an injury. This offensive line just isn't as good as it was a year ago. And a year ago, they still had guys to make plays in the passing game. Rob Gronkowski, I have beaten this point like a dead mule. You wouldn't believe made big plays for them to win the AFC title game and the Super Bowl. Who's going to step up and make those big plays in the passing game? Who's the guy that defenses fear? Well, I think, honestly, now you're going to turn, your, you turn things to James White. And I know he's a running back, and you can't throw him so many times, but he's the guy that seems that Brady trusts the most right now besides right. Julian Edelman. And so what did he do in the second half? They, I think that they realized that he was their only off in the past game and they shut him down. But again, you don't, back you don't think defenses will do that moving forward? Realize he's that the heart of the passing game and put a little more focus on him when you don't have to worry about Gronk. You don't have to double team anybody on the outside. You don't have to really overemphasize any of the other targets. So are you worried about the Patriots offense moving forward? How could you not be? So, but define worried. They're going to lose these games coming up because looking at the schedule, no, they have. No, 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 no. But my point is this is a really good Bills defense, I think. 
Right. That's that's sort of my point, too. You're not going to face many defenses better than this one today. Didn't say better, but what happens when you face just competitive? Because the Bills have no offense. Right. What about a team like the Cowboys? Do they have a pretty good defense? Sure do. Do they have a better offense? I, want, I would argue that 28 teams in the NFL have better offenses than the Bills. Okay. So teams like, I don't know, the Ravens, do they have a pretty good defense? Sure do. Do they have an offense that's better than the Bills? Absolutely. Okay. That's going to be a tough game. I think we're going to start to see some games that aren't going to be, you know, the blowouts that we saw the last three weeks. So, like, 19-0 could, you know, be put to rest nicely. I think that was put to rest when Antonio Brown was released a couple of Fridays ago. Theoretically, I think it was, but in sort of execution and for your eyes to see, I think you saw that today. Are the Patriots good? Yep. Are they well-coached? Yep. Do they have playmakers on both sides of the ball that can still help them win games? There is no doubt about that. They deserve to be 4-0. They deserve to be leading the AFC East. But they have some questions, and most of those questions are on offense right now. Now, who knows how help comes because, you know, one thing that I didn't think was very good today was the run defense, and that may have played a role with Dante Hightower out of the game. I don't know, but they let Frank Gore run for 100 yards. I thought up front they get pushed around a little bit, and then the tackling was pretty bad, so – you know, if any of these little issues pop up on defense, now you start to worry because they can't play this well on defense forever. Right. They're they're on pace for an insane – they're going to set records for the fewest points allowed in the season by, like, over 50 points, I think. They're, they're on pace to beat the 2,000 Ravens. They probably won't, you know. Of course not. They're not going to allow 14 – you know, look at what they've allowed each week. They're not going to have back-to-back shutouts again. Yeah. It's like I always say, you watch a baseball game where, you know, one of the teams puts up, you know, 11 runs in the first two innings, and you're like, wow, they're going to score like 55 runs today. And right. then usually they end up with the 11 runs they had in the first two innings. Uh, Things level out. It's not sustainable. It's not going to continue. They're not going to play the teams that are as bad as the teams they've been playing either. Well, they do get to play them again. Some of them. <laughs> yes. Later the bad ones except for the Steelers. You play yeah. your division again. What? You play the whole division again, so you get to play all three teams you played the last three weeks again. This is true, and they'll get the Bills at home in, I, what is it, week 16 or 17. That might, might not even matter at that point, so we could be getting, you know, it won't even matter. But, yes, the, the point still stands that they're going to play these teams again. But I, I guess overall, I think you have, you know, the next, say, four or five games to sort of work the kinks out, find out what you can do on offense, sort of like you said before, find out what you do well. And, and go from there and get, get your team, like we've always say, the team always plays their best around Thanksgiving, and that's around at the time of the year where they hit their meat of their schedule. So they have time to work these things out. They have time to figure out what they do well, and that's what ultimately I think this year is going to come down to is what can they do well on offense to succeed. The year will come down to what is – I'd like to re-rack my column that I wrote last week, and I'll just add in Josh McDaniels. For the last two decades, they've been together a lot. Um, I know Josh left for a few years, but that's what this is. I mean, it wasn't always 2007 type years. It's an ebb and flow of the offense where McDaniels and Brady have to figure it out. And can we run? Can we not run? Can we throw the outside? You know, Gronk's here. Gronk's not here. Whatever the evolution of the offense was, they need to figure it out. And that's where I would put my faith as, as a Patriots fan is Tom Brady and Josh McDaniels will figure out a way to score some points and be competitive down the stretch of the season. And, you know, I I wrote last week, if they figure this out at age 42, Brady is going to put forth one of his more impressive seasons because I don't think he's 
working with a ton on offense right now, and he's still winning football games. Now, today, he didn't necessarily win it. He was disappointed in himself as much as anyone. Um, but that that's going to be the story of this season, how the offense evolves and how Brady and Josh McDaniels sort of figure out a way for them to be good enough to score points. And if they were if they were playing a team better than the Bills today, that this was a very losable game. That comes back to what my point in the column was, that if they played a team with a halfway decent quarterback that didn't have a 0.0 quarterback rating well into the second quarter, they were probably losing this game today. But because they have a great defense, they were able to win it, and that's what shows that they're a great team. Now, the flip side of that would be if they played a team with a defense that wasn't as good, maybe they would have done more offensively. So you can play that argument in both ways. Okay, let's get down to some details on the game. Um, sure. Are you are you worried about your kicker? No, I'm not. What? Well, put it. The, yes, I'm. I'm worried that he's missing. <laughs> that changed quickly. No, I'm worried that he's missing kicks. But the, ne- the next layer of that is no. They should not bring in anybody else because you're not getting what you bring in is not going to be better than Stephen Guskowski because if he was better, he'd be on a team by now. And I think bringing somebody in would just work negatively towards his struggles. He, I think that there's a reason why Bill Belichick hasn't brought in a kicker over the years to challenge Kuskowski, and I just don't see the need to do it right now because of what he's done. You don't want to necessarily lose the potential with Kuskowski as one of the best kickers in the NFL, and until he starts missing kicks that cost them games, I think you're just going to ride this out as hard as it is. That's what you just have to do just because of the way, just because of who Kuskowski is and really his inability to sort of deal with maybe having somebody else challenge him inside the building. I agree, except this is getting um, re-goddamn-diculous, as they say in uh, Anchorman. This is two months that he's been struggling for. Two months. All of August. And well, you don't count the preseason. You told me Isaiah wins and nothing. What? I thought you don't count the preseason. With kickers? With specialists? They're working through new operations. Jake Bailey just got here. They're working through some things. I would just count that. I, well, then you can just join Super Fandom or whatever because he's missed kicks in all of August and all of September. Three out of four games. Yeah, in the so what are you going to do? Who are you going to bring in? Give me names. Nothing. You can't do anything. This right. is a no-win situation. But right. the way it's going, it's going to cost you games. Could have cost you the game today if Josh Allen stayed in there. Yeah. Those points matter. Yes, it could have mattered too with the way that they blew the three points at the end of the first half with Josh Allen taking a stupid sack and then pushing him back into field goal range and then ultimately missing that kick. Correct. And when you get into tight games, you can't have your kicker missing kicks. And right now, he is an absolute mess. I'm sorry, you can't miss PATs in consecutive games like he is. Yes. Bill Belichick is reaping the uh, the fruits of his labor in terms of getting the rule changed because you made this a a competitive play and right now your kicker is borderline non competitive and there's nothing you can do about it. I mean that's just the reality unless it reaches a point where he is just toast and then you have to move on and say, well, I have to move on. But right now, moved on from Adam Vinatieri, the Patriots aren't moving on from Stephen Guskowski. Oh, you can't say that. Well, I'm just saying. Week four. If he misses a PAT two, twice next week and then three times the week after, at some point you get to the end of the rope and he's done. Now, maybe you put him on IR and hope to bring him back next year. I have no idea. But at some IR point, what? Like mental, mental – uh, Whatever you want, just like every other fake IR injury across the league. Anything else you want to talk about from today's game? Um, I think we need to remain more positive about the defense. That's That would be my thing. I, you've Now that you've pissed off all of Patriot Nation – um, because they said they deserved to win today. Yeah, that's not very nice. Who, who are you to be the arbitrator of uh, 
who deserves to win and who doesn't. I just think when you look at the stats, the Bills outgained the Patriots by 150 yards, had 11 more. Bill Belichick says stats are for losers, and he was 100% right today. Bills have the stats. Patriots have the win. Okay, Mr. Fanboy, where are your pom-poms? I don't have any pom-poms. Okay. What, what do you think? I worked for the Patriots for two, 20 years? Yeah. I heard some guy did, yeah. Ridiculous. Um, but this defense continues to show – I mean, J.C. Jackson is a reserve backup guy, right? He's your somewhere between second and fourth corner, I guess. Depends on the week, I guess. Right. Has a couple picks today. Um, Jamie Collins is a guy we have to mention. Uh, right. Continues to be even running for defensive player of the year right now. Yeah, I think that's ridiculous because he hasn't hasn't nearly impacted games the way some of these other guys I see is. But stats wise, he's putting up big numbers. I'd actually argue that Kyle Van Oy is impacting games just as much. He's been doing this all along. He said that this, he totally dismissed the idea that this was his best game as a Patriot. Who? Van Noy. Oh, I think he, he had a really good year a year ago when he led them in tackles and basically is a Swiss army knife, puts up a number in every column every year, whether it's tackles for loss, interceptions, pass defenses, all of those types of things. He's all over the field. And when you have two of those guys like Jamie Collins, now that helps you get by a day where you don't have Dante Hightower. And we talked about that, um, you know, a few weeks ago as we're talking about Jamie Collins, the fact that you can be a little more cautious with Dante Hightower or, you know, keep him on the sideline, whatever you want to call it. And you still have these two guys to build around out there. That's a pretty good defensive front. Also, you have Dwan, Dwan Bentley, not an IR this year. He's a factor. And Elaine Roberts, who as much as he gets sort of some negative criticism around here, He's really not the bad of a linebacker, and he's a captain and a guy that you can count on in games like today where you don't have Dante Hightower. Except for the run game where the run game was shaky today. And I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm a little disappointed with Jawan Bentley. I thought he'd be doing more at this point. I'm with you on that too. I think he's been with the hype that he received last year through his whatever it was, two and a half games. It hasn't really been there this year. And sure, he seems like a very smart guy that you know the team loves. But on the field, when it comes to making plays, he hasn't really made any. Nope. Now, the other two have made a lot of plays, so maybe it's sort of that's just how it's going to work out for a while, and maybe he'll have his chance later in the season because I still think he brings a lot to the table. Um, but that linebacker core is impressive. But I did want to say, um, as we move along here, what are your thoughts on Michael Bennett so far? I think uh, Mr. Hannibal here has been proven right that he's not the – First of all, no one's proven right in week four, so get off your high horse. Well, what did you say that early in the year that he was going to be this you know guy that's going to replace Trey Flowers and be a sack machine and have his best year? You well, know? I didn't say sack machine because Trey Flowers has never been a sack machine. What did you say? I said he could replicate Trey Flowers' production. For has he? he hasn't even been on the field even close to as much as he has. Well, he's not hurt. Don't, don't put it that way. They have chosen not to put him on the field. That says something. Maybe. It right. quite possibly could. Right. Or it could say that he's a veteran in, you know, his 30s that they are sort of um, going easy on early in the year, maybe saving for games like Dallas or Baltimore or Kansas City and sort of monitoring his reps early in the year. So let's get off your little mountain there. Let's relax a minute. You're not the king just yet. We'll see how this plays out over the course of a full season. But right now, for four games in, I would say I'm mildly disappointed in what I've seen from him. Correct. You, you can't say correct. I'm right. You can. Gr- 
So you're saying he he brings nothing to the defense. Uh, you were right. He's I, overrated. I never yeah. said he was going to bring nothing to the defense. I just thought that he wasn't going to be the game changer that you said he was going to be. I think he was a situation. Well, I'm not sure I ever said game changer because I compared him to Trey Flowers, and Trey Flowers was rarely a game changer. He is a situational player. He's more than a situational player. But right now, he's a situational player. He's a situational player right now. We'll see what he is moving forward. That'll be something to watch for sure. Anything else you have on today's game you want to talk about before we uh, let everyone go? How can I end on a pot? Jake Bailey was good again, I thought. See, I, I wrote that in my 10 things. That's why you kept him with Ryan Allen. Ryan Allen would not be able to flip the field like Jake Bailey did today and actually came in handy because that was one of the major reasons why the Patriots were able to win today because of their special teams play. And I think there's a chance that Jake Bailey has moving forward to be a pro bowl punter and not just because of the leg strength, but he's gotten pretty good at some of these the right. punts that go out of bounds right as the returner sign of kind of crosses the sideline. And if he can get good on those combined with the hang time and combined with the big leg, when he can boom it, um, I think he could be a really good all around punter. I think, it's early. I don't want to anoint him anything. Just like I said, you can't say you are correct on Bennett. But um, sometimes we see these specialists struggle early in their careers. And a month in, uh, I think there's a lot to like with Jake Bailey. All right. I guess we will talk to you middle of this week as we get ready for another great game against the Washington Redskins. And looks like maybe Dwayne Haskins will face the Patriots another week, which probably there won't be much to talk about the game. But as always, there's always something to talk about the Patriots and their offense and all that. And there'll be more interceptions to talk about on the defense. Devin McCourty looks like he can go five for five against Dwayne Haskins. That would be something. It would not put it past me in the least. See that happen. Nope. When guys are throwing up punts and end over end uh, passes in his direction, Devin's doing a nice job making sure he's in the right place at the right time. All right, thanks for listening, and we'll come back with you in the middle of next week from Gillette Stadium. Have a good week. Peace out. Hi, Bruins fans. Looking for more coverage of your favorite hockey team? Follow the Skate Pod hosted by Scott McLaughlin, Brian DeFelice, and me, Bridget Prue. Get your Bruins coverage from WEI's team of Bruins writers. We're the people who are at the games and talk to the players every week. For analysis of every Bruins game and exclusive interviews with the players, listen to the Skate Pod on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.